0: And sorry, yeah, you can go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: All right. And you say you are, I, I, did, I, did, I didn't get you. Maybe you can introduce first for you.
0: you sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Joseph. Uh, I run the student group here, the Cadre Journal. And uh, we've been doing interviews with uh, different activists and, and thinkers from the Global South. And we're really interested in, in particular in Marxism and communism in the Global South. So very interested to learn about the bookstore
1: oh okay 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 oh, great uh my name is Joki Devo. i am the director of uh of comrade bookhouse i i mainly consider myself as a, as a as an activist but also as a scholar let me just uh let me just put this off Yes, you can resume. So I am Joki Vedo. I am the director of a commerce Book House based in Nairobi, in a place called Kabete, which is not far from Nairobi. It's about 20 minutes' drive from Nairobi's city center. But I'm a scholar. I consider also myself as a scholar activist, uh, having been a, being a lecturer also at the university, uh, Tangaza University. Uh, that's why I teach, uh, although it's ajakpo, lecturer. But I'm also, uh, I'm also, in, I'm also involved in the start branch of uh, of Ucombo's library, and I think this this second library is what we might want to talk about much more than what I do at uh, Comrade's Bookhouse. Now, if we start first with, uh, with the with the Comrade Bookhouse, uh, the word Comrade def- definitely means the. Uh, companion in 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 this respect but when you say comedy bookhouse is 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 essentially uh, for stalking and promoting African writers and this is not any other African writers but writers of African fiction uh, for the mere fact that we feel that African fiction uh, is not is still struggling to be appreciated and uh, the creativity potential of Africa is still uh, it's still, it's still not well uh, uh, known, it's still struggling. And uh, we feel that it is important for us to be able to inspire ourselves as writers, but us to make sure that the, the, the world of African writing is known and we can start from ourselves. So we set it up in November, 2011, no, 20, I think 2019, November, uh, just before the COVID-19 struck. And then we, what I did is to pick all the books that I had in my personal library, uh, books dealing with African literature. And when we, are li- we mean African literature, we mean uh, literature written uh, to express the African experience uh, much more by writers of African origin. So, that is exactly what we mean by African literature. Of course, there is a lot of questions as to why we are calling it African literature and why we are not calling it literature in Africa. We simply say that Africa is a continent that has got its own peculiarities, it is a continent which has gone through ravages from the times of slavery to the times of the world wars, from the times of colonialism. Up to date, we are now struggling with the new colonialism. Uh, we are still t- 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 talking about imperialism. There's a lot of things at Africa that we give African peculiarities. And we feel that giving it an African peculiarity, it, it draws more, more attention to, 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 to Africa body of works. Uh, and that's why we call it uh, African literature, uh, just like that. But we, we, we talk books uh, by, by African writers. Uh, But since it is stationed in Kenya, we've got a special focus on Kenyan writers, uh, both new and and, and, and the ones who have gone on. Uh, Like today, I remember I was reflecting much more on the writings of of, of Okot Babitek, uh, the Ugandan poet, with his work that he has done from from Song of Lawino, uh, from Song of of Chol, uh, from Song Song of Prisoner and Song of Malayan. So we have really had a lot of uh, a lot of exposure to African writers, but we don't only we. But the the book house is, is is based on two main concepts. One of them is rape, Right, where we 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 with membership people come and and and, and read books, we we'll also take books from from African uh, uh, writers, and and some of the books are very very they are out of print. For example, the book I'll be talking about, like the Song of Lawino. Uh, by Okot Pabitek is out of print. It was printed in 1906 by Staffing and Publishing House. It's no longer there. So there's a lot of books that are, very, that are there uh, that are rare and out for print. So we expose them to people to come and read and appreciate uh, what Africa has to give. But the second concept is also that we, that we, 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 we sell. At, at, at minimum prices that others want, books on African, on African literature, new African fiction, from various publishers, uh, local and abroad, that we've been able to to get in touch with. We are still trying to build up that 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 selling uh, process. We we are still not yet there we are still not yet set up a proper website to be able to market our books. I think we have been a little bit slow in that respect. We have not been able to contact many writers, many publishers. Of course, being a new book house means that uh, the publishers will not be able to, to, to give you uh, books to go and sell first. They would like you to buy uh, some few books and go and sell at your own pace at your own discount. So it's very few publishers who are giving us books. Maybe when we go for on a discount or even they tell you take these books on loan, and then you can always uh, pay back once you make sales. That we have to develop that rapport. But I think with time, uh, we'll be able to tap into new into, into publishers and know, uh, and and for them to be able to give us uh, yeah, books in discount or, or books in, in in advance, and then we can we can pay them back once once we sell. Our intention essentially is to be able to have a very big uh, almost a warehouse where people will just walk in and uh, be able to feel touch and read uh, African writers and, and this is uh, uh, writers who, who definitely experience the African uh, the African the Africa perceptions. but there is there's is other kinds of books we talk and these are books essentially by by the socialist uh, non-fiction, uh books, for example we talk books from a partner who a library who library which I'll talk a little bit briefly uh, because it is it is peculiar much more than even a commerce bookhouse it it is it is it is simply a library in town uh, in the city center whose work and mission is simply to 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 stalk and to make available uh, socialist literature uh, in this country. In fact, if you read from uh, one of the newsletters that was written by Professor Rostera Foundation, which supports the library, they said Kenya's first socialist library. So Ukumbo's library itself, which is a close partner of Kobus Bookhouse, has got two other uh, wings. One of the wings is called Mama Research Center, which is run by Professor Maina Kenyati. but also there's other wing uh, which is called the uh, feedta books now Mamo Research center always talks about uh, Mamor books the Ma was that freedom struggle in Kenya which many people know out here we used to know it as Kenya Latin Freedom Army so it was that liberation movement which struggled for the, the impact on this country in the 1950s and 1960s and whose books are available for sale at Africa at took Library, but also at book Bookhouse, but also the socialist books and communist books, uh, which are on stock there at book Bookhouse, mainly from uh, from uh, from Vita Books, but also now we are talking from Daraja Press by Philos Maji, another progressive book that we are talking there at the Small Library uh, here in Lower Capete.
0: So thank you so much for that great answer. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm curious about some of the. So you mentioned uh, a partnership with the Rosa Luxemburg Foundation and selling socialist literature, communist literature, as well as anti-imperialist literature, anti-colonial literature with the Mau Mau collection as well. And I wonder the relevance of selling this today in post-colonial and neo-colonial Kenya. Um, I saw that the bookstore and bookhouse had an event recently talking about the abolition of the, the literature department at the University of Nairobi due to neoliberalism in, in the academy and in the state as well. So if you, if you don't mind mentioning some of the struggles that are contemporary in Kenya today, that this literature is becoming more popular again, and it helps people engage with their struggle uh, in neoliberalism
1: and neocolonialism today. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, the, the other books I've really dealing with um, socialist literature are available mainly much more to Combo's library. The only thing that in Combo's Bookhouse we have not demarcated uh, ideological books completely to be selling only at the Bookhouse, house, Bookhouse, But in, uh, in Combo's library, which is uh, a socialist library in town, which I'm also involved in the management, it is simply as uh, talks about and sells African, I mean, Marxist and socialist literature. And this is a space which has got a collection of the underground literature books that were there uh, in the, that filled the struggles uh, against dictatorship uh, in the 1970s, 80s, uh, people like Ngoge, Machinichele, and others. So it filled that struggle. And this, and this, so you'll get a lot of books from that generation, but also you'll get more books now for for, for the new, uh, new awakenings that are happening. One of the things that we continue to say is that the independence of the country was, was mortgaged, and Kenya never attained the independence that even the Maumau freedom struggle uh, was fighting for. The key, to key issues that Mama was fighting for was land and freedom. And if, you, and if you look f- even before the struggles for Mau Mau, you look for people like Mackenzie, you look for people like here and Aradhuku and others before. Apart from land and freedom, there is one other crucial issue that they used, to, that, that centers allowed the struggle for in this country today. And one of them is labor. So the Kenyan struggles is based on three plums. One of them is lad, freedom, and labor. This is the dignity of labor. It's the access and controls of the means of production that will be able to give people a just social order, but also equity and equality. And this has never been attained. Even when the the war ended, the Mama War by nineteen. 57, 60s definitely was subsiding. Was uh, there was a lot of colonial, 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 uh, colonial, uh, colonial, what do you call it, compromises that were done. When the Mamau retreated and some of them were in jail and others were killed, the people who took on the, the reins of the new government were the conservatives were well, those people who didn't completely believed in radical transformation of this country. We are talking of people like Kenyatta and his group within Kau. So they never gave completely, and this is the same Kenyatta who said when he came to uh, gain independence, he said, there's nothing for free. It is. Whereas Mama was saying, Lad and freedom, he came and said freedom and hard work. Well, in other words, huru na kazi. And he said, there's nothing for free. So it means that the people who continue to own the means of production and lad being sent in that means of production, but also labor, were the same people who have never struggled for this country. We call them in Kenya the home cult culture. It continued, and, and like that, and today it controls that. And that's what you see in the early years of independence, progressive people who believed that this country was going wrong, people like Bilat Kagia, Piyogama Pinto, uh, people like Janamogi, Ogika Odinga, they broke away and they formed what they called the Kenya People's Union to be able to give Kenyans a legate, a social order that will guarantee rights and freedom for everyone. So the, the the three the three issues of the struggle were never gained. There was never dignity of labor, there was never freedom, there was never land. And it continues even today. And why we still call Kenya new colonial state is still the reigns of of imperialism. The same structures that we fought for during colonial times in the British times the same mechanism of land ownership is still the ones that control this country to it, We still owe our allegiance to British forces, to British interest, American interest, imperial interest. So there has never been any break from, from what was there before. So the only ideological foundation, which can make us to break away from these colonial, uh, voltage and, and mindset and thinking is an ideological which is against the entire edifice of of capitalism and imperialism it is an is an ideology that is completely against the the new colonial setup that we are engaging with and that's why you see socialism as a as as a, as, a, as, as an ideology of of, of alternatives and an ideology which promises just such a order for everyone within a process of time. And an ideology which we talks about uh, doing away with want with the, the laboring classes, dwelling classes controlling the means of production, and being able the owners of their capital and the owners of their country. is still a very attractive ideology to everyone. And what we have been able to do is to, to take some elements of it all and think that we are achieving it, but it's, it has never been tried. We have never fought for it strongly, and we have always been defeated. So the key thing that we want to, we, we do in the entire talks, particularly when we, we present books for African, uh, books for on social literature, uh, when we have political formations, uh, uh, like the Communist Party, when we, we have got formation, like the Religious Socialist League is for us to be able to show in words and in practice, and in our thoughts and deeds, that there is an alternative. It will take many years, but the alternative will be possible. Of course, we know that the process of the revolution is long and protracted, it will take a lifetime. But the parameters, the hopes, the thoughts are there with a, with a new system of alignment, with a new thought system based on socialism that shall keep on striving for that Because capitalism, in other words, means death. I was given an example to a group that I belong to. Uh, and when the the, 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 the most visible aspect of the organ system that we call capitalism. It is the masses of workers walking daily on foot from the slums of Nairobi city, going to the, the industrial area is an area where there's a, there a lot of industries. It's a, it's a distance of almost 10 kilometers every day. You walk on foot and you go back home. You leave your crack of down. You leave your, your, your house of a worker at the crack of down. You come back at night when it is almost now, it's night, you're coming back to your house. You've come with with a pittance. The key thing is, what has that worker, who has been toiling the entire day? What has she or he gained? And who gains from that sweat and blood of that worker? If this is not a graphic representation of the injustice in such a system, that the people who toil much more through their sweat and blood are not the one who gains it. Then it will be difficult for us to conjure another graphic is exploitation of, of the working class and why they need a new system. And the problem in these countries is that even the working class themselves, the trade union themselves, that to represent the working class, they are completely in bed with the politicians, but also very sadly with the capital. They, they are in bed with the employees employers, finance capital, they will never be able to speak on the plight, deep plight of the workers. You may talk so much about the increase of salaries, which is, doesn't even come. But if you don't talk about the workers only, their sweat and where they work. Yeah, you are not talking about, you are not talking about their plight. If you, don't talk, if you don't talk about a social order that will guarantee workers uh, good health, education for their children, housing, you're talking of only workers getting payments at the end every May, May 1st, then simply you're not talking about the workers' plight. So there's a lot of evil that goes on in this country and particularly in terms of even larger location. Like for example, in Nairobi city, Statistics tell us that um, the people who own the land, for example, the statistics coming from uh, the the housing movements, they tell us that 95% of the people live in the slums of the city of Nairobi. And these 95% control only 5% of the land, the slums in this country, where there's 95% of the people in Nairobi city, they live in 5%, whereas 95% of the land in the city of Nairobi is owned by 5% of the people, the rich lords that are here. So the question of land in this country is very skewed. You can never understand why millions of people live in the slums in school and poverty and frustrations. Lacking a meals per day, for example, now things are so, are so terrible in terms of the economy in this country. They live in such a terrible society. Whereas a few own hundreds upon hundred acres of land. And no one can convince me that uh, that owning land is for commercial use, which is much, much, much more beneficial for people to own piece of land that are larger for commercial purposes. The land is a spirit. The land belongs to everyone. Whoever said that this land that is for free for everyone should be possessed by only a few and, uh, and many others live in school and poverty would be mistaken to think about the economics of commercial use of land. And if the question of land will never be in this country, then the struggle for socialism and the struggle for just social order will continue. If the sweat of the workers who toil day and night to make this country go forward will never be resolved, then the struggles for social justice will continue. If the freedom for people to be able to, to do what they like best from, from religion, for identity, uh, from culture, uh, from movement, from demonstrations. If those freedoms will be curtailed, will never be attained, then the struggles will continue, and that's why we continue to, to to struggle. Sometimes it becomes a very slow process. Sometimes you might, you might, you might see that maybe we have not, we have not gone far. We are not, we are losing hope. But the only thing is that. We alive to the reality. And the struggle is incremental. What we struggled for in the past. It is what we are struggling here today, but on different frontiers, on different fronts. So, and that's why we need to to, to, to step back at some point and reflect where have we won, where should we advance and where should we go forward? This kind of back and forth which is very important for every struggle and exactly that is what we are doing. And that's why the accessibility of of, of progressive literature is very, very important. There are two publications which we, we, we have uh, and uh, which, which I'm involved with. One of them is called Ukomoz Review, which I run as editor. This is simply, it is run by Ukomoz Library, but we try so much to connect what we call people's struggles. People's struggles in Mukuru, in, in the slums. People's struggle for land. People struggle for shelter. People struggle for human rights and, and lack of food. So we connect all these struggles. But also there's another, another magazine which is called the Kenya Socialist, which is now run by a very progressive publication, uh, which I'm not heavily involved, but which I'm aware and sometimes contribute to that publication. So there's a lot of things that need to be uh, to be talked about. But the key thing is that um, both Comrade's Book House, which is basically only focus on African literature without any deep ideological direction. But also in exposing literature to the people. But also Ukomos which I said I'm involved in deeply ideological space uh, for socialist mm-hmm. linking. And they are very, very vital resources.
0: Absolutely. And I wonder to what extent, you know, you were you were talking a little bit about the need for progressive literature at this point. And you you know, it's very clear that a lot of the literature that is accessible to people is written by their oppressor in most cases and dictating the, the terms of history to them. So you have people like Walter Rodney writing about the need to write history from an African point of view to make it accessible to people in the African continent who, who've who been colonized. And so with that, and, and also just to relate that to, why is literature still relevant today? Uh, you know, most people are are talking about well, no one reads books anymore, so why do we even need them? But of course, I don't agree with that. And I think your bookstore also is evidence of why that's not true. People still need access to literature because it is such a powerful way of of transferring ideas. Uh, So yeah, a, a little bit more on that of why it's so needed to have books that are not written from a capitalist point of view or an imperialist point of view, but can be easily accessible to people, as you said, that are cheap that are accessible to the working class and are also not trying to dictate history to them and tell them what they should think, but instead offering a, an alternative point of view that's more accessible to their, their conditions.
1: Uh, I think two things are crucial is that, um, they, The way that you discuss and learn even from our own context is based on imagination. It is when you are able to, to visualize alternative such order and system that's much more just. It is only when you can be able to strive towards that imagination, to that vision, to that dream. The Momo struggle itself was based on the vision we shall get back our land and freedom. And it was shaped by songs and proverbs, literature. So, literature is very key in terms of setting that imagination, setting free, and telling the people where. What are we struggling for, and where do we want to reach? Because, and this is the, main, the meaning of the books that some of the books we promote at the bookhouse, is the books that don't only tell you about the, the realities of Africa. Of course, there is all these kind of uh, talks that Africa is a collage of different experiences. This collage of happiness, but also this collage of poverty. That we are, we, we try to express these two collages, or many collages of Africa. But literature is progressive. We try to give you bigger visions. Or what's that will be? We'll give you the struggle of the workers. Why do the workers struggle? Why is the exploitation? They will not tell you directly, like non fiction But imaginative literature will try to tell you why things are the way they are. They'll, they'll give the experience of the underdogs and what is happening. And it is from that experience, definitely, that you'll be able to imagine society that is being created and a society for everyone. And uh, this will be done by ourselves in Africa and as African writers and people based on African realities. One of the things that we, we try so much to think about mm-hmm. is that even if we shall study the writings of Lenin and Mao and Marx and Prostey, but we must base start writing from African experiences in what we call Africa in the center, that we will not try to reflect our practical realities in Africa, based on realities, for example, in in Cuba. We will not try to base our realities on experiences in Soviet Union or even in, in China. We will be able to read and understand the kind of struggles we waged through and then try to see what kind of tools can you take from my experiences. And this is exactly the meaning of books that even if we have books written elsewhere in Africa, the key thing is for us to be able to take those books and and, and plant them and locate them within our own experiences. And that's exactly what Combo's Bookhouse does. And that's exactly what Combo's Bookhouse does what does. Locating literature within experiences of Africa, but also trying to inspire progressive thought and awakening. But one, one point we should not fail is there's words and books are words and you take a book, you'll go to your room and you will read. But then, if you don't connect your awakening with another brother, another sister, a group, two groups, a movement, a party, awakening, then all what you're learning is purely for academic purposes, is to improve your knowledge. So one of the things that we insist either in African literature the book house or, like, Okomo's library is a keen interest for us to be able to discuss the books that you come and read and you come and borrow. And the books that you read yourself, study cells, study groups. You read those books. And we know that once one or two people, three people keep on reading, then we are creating a whole corpus, a whole world of. The awakenings, which is very very important for our realities. So there's a lot of need for us to keep exposing and uh, and to bring to fore uh, progressive books that talks about just social order. The only thing that we 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 are not so keen about is to tell books is to tell comrades that you must read whole chapters of Das Kapita, that you must read. The whole, the whole book that was there written by Marx. We like to discuss it. This is only what are relevant on realities. These we tell to ourselves, both tell, we, we tell, to, we, we, we discuss with those people that we that, that we relate with and those we talk to. And I think this is how the literature and, and, and writings, progress writing should be. Simplified, we are now struggling with a reality that uh, very few people read is the age of social media, is the age of Twitter, is the age of, of television, It's the age of, 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 of new gadgets that are, that are able to distract us ourselves. So the key thing is how do we make our writing, our leadership very, very simple and very focused for us to be able to, to, to inspire the new generations of writers. But also activists. Absolutely. And and I'm curious
0: about that, you know, is very true that it's hard uh, to convince people to just read a book now and just say, here, take this and go read it. But I thought what you mentioned was very powerful to say, is there a way to do a more interactive approach to reading these dense theoretical texts, like reading groups that are, you know, students typically are are attracted to to sit together with other students and just discuss the text together, go through it, and have a discussion that allows you to understand it better. That's actually how us on the, on this campus got started is by having a reading group of of Das Capital and not going through chapter by chapter, but just taking the most important stuff and debating, discussing, and reading together. And so I wonder too, you know how the uh, how comrades also lives up to its name by Doing reading groups and getting people together and reading and having live readings of texts that, you know, as you pointed out, this is a a much more interactive way than just this individual. You go alone with a book and you read it on your own, and then you don't really learn anything because you're not engaging with what, what others have said and brought out of the text. So yeah, you know, how how is reading an integral part in this, and what do does the group do reading groups or of any kind or live readings?
1: Yeah, there is two, um, uh, one of the things uh, before we come to whether there is reading groups, is that um, there is, unlike unlike when we used to to have a shortage of African experiences, African writers expressing the African realities uh, progressively, through the times of Rotterdam now, we have had African scholars, African writers Writing, taking the whole body of socialism, the whole body of communism, the Marxist theory, and distilling it to African realities in a way that is accessible and practical to us. People like Ngugi, Chimdi, Samila Min, Franz Fanon himself, Rodney, Nyerere, and Sankara, and many others, uh, Chris Hani, and. and, and, and and Jaramogi and others. states, the way that we can now be able to read Marx, not from the eyes of Marx or Engels or even Lenin himself, but from the eyes of African scholars, of African writers, but also from African revolutionaries. So in our discussions, we do two ways, the first thing is to be able to have a group that will of course reflect a little bit of the old classical writers, the classical writings, for example, in the State and Revolution, uh, a little bit of maybe Das Capitan and the books, maybe Commitment Tresto to some way. But also once you reflect on certain questions from those books, then you must come and reflect what have African writers have talked about, said about the same realities. What's, the, what's, the, what's the, the current state of the state in Africa? How is it comparable to the state, for example, in Lenin's uh, Russia? Is there some lessons we can learn from, from that? In other words, we don't take the whole body of, of, of what was there discussed in classical socialist texts, but we base it on realities that are here today. And this is exactly what you even mean, can we acknowledge? That in any group that we will be able to inspire, there's always must be on reflection of Pan-Africa realities. Whereas we will focus our struggles on Kenya, there'll also be a reflection of pan african realities. Because Africa also is a continent which has gone through. Uh, various uh, various uh, forms of uh, exploitation and under oppression over the years. So we will tell our people to focus on those kind of books. But in terms of literature, uh, African literature, fiction, essentially, even when people come to the book house and they pick a book, for example, you pick Ngogu Athiongo, of Blood, even if you pick uh, Major Mwangis, for example, you pick Goegza uh, River. We still he sits and asks you that you can read on your own, but would you come, or do you write a review of the book, which we can publish in the review? But also, would you be willing to come and discuss that book within a group which will answer questions? Like for example, today we got a very good book that was brought by Young Writers College, Reg- Legend Blue, by our young writers within our book bookhouse, simply speaking about the new realities of capitalism and how young people are confronting that organ, even today. So we asked you, would you come and discuss that book with us? And you can come and discuss the book with us at your own pace, at your own time. We can also take a book and read all of us. Fiction books in book Bookhouse, but also within Ucombo's library. It is unfortunate in the book that we come and read about it, and we discuss because if we don't, if we don't set up and we don't have that process which Bob Molly called emancipating our minds, then we shall not be able to reach far. I think the first, the first thing that uh, the colonial heritage has done to us, or the colonial misrule has done to us is to capture our minds and our imaginations. For us to be able, it has only only what the colonial mindset has done is to make us to lose control of our imaginations, but also to see that once we imagine, we don't imagine ourselves as Africans or what we can create, but we look to to Europe and America as social orders that we want to, to emulate from. We don't look within ourselves. Literature helps us to look at ourselves much more cleanly, to go back to Africans' uh, past and know that we had great queens and kings, we had kingdoms, we had Egypt, we were great, we had our own civilization. We are not going back to that civilization, but we are capable of building a new, better, transformed civilization building from the blocks we had from the past. And when we go back to African uh, uh, civilization, we make mistakes, of, 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 of course, as, as many people do, to only start from Africa as, 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 as when the colonial people came and occupied us. The, the demarcation of Africa during the Berlin Wall, and I mean, during the, the, the Berlin Conference, 1884, thereabout. Before then, Africa used to be to be together. Africa used to be there. We must go to narrative of Africa before the colonialists came, and we must know what was existing. And it is that, that we must continue building even to date. Our own languages, our own culture, our own identity, our own civilization, our own way of life. And even the books that we have here now will come and say if the, the the imperialist colonial tragedy it's what destroyed Africa then our present and future is not be, should not be built on such a destructive such a order system and this is exactly what we do every time that we read books within our own but also within our own collectives
0: And and I thought you know also what you were saying about minds as well of course reminds me of Ngugi Watiango and, and decolonizing the mind. Uh, it, it's interesting because I actually found out about the store uh, from Makoma Wangugi, uh, who's a professor here uh, at my college, and I've, I've taken classes with him. And his book is in uh, the Comrades Bookstore on very are dead as well. And a point that that he and Ngugi make. Quite often, of course, is the necessity of having literature uh, in in non-colonial languages. So not in English, not in French, but having it in in Kikuyu or, or another uh, African language. I wonder, you know, why why is this important, and also why is it important to translate some of these texts, like like Capital, like texts of Lenin and, and Marx and Mao, into uh, you know African languages, so that they're easily accessible and not in a colonial language like English or French?
1: Yeah, the, the, the first thing that the colonial tragedy did to Africa when they colonized us is first of all to to take away our sense of, 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 of being, is our sense of dignity, is to take away our sense, our tongues and, and our languages. So you find that even even slavery itself, the first thing that you lost when you went into slavery was your name. And I know you have watched this movie, I think it's called Roots, Kunta Kinte, where the boy is being beaten mercilessly to take an English name. So the same thing happens to Africa. They came, the first thing that they took is our languages. They taught us languages that are civilized. And for the modern market and economy is the English, is the the European languages, French, Portuguese Portuguese and and English, and Germany and all those. So they took that aspect. And even that's why even you see today, the worst divisions we have in this country, in this continent, is not even divisions of ideology. It is simply divisions of language, colonial language. If you go to West Africa, some countries, you can't converse with people there, with your English. There's all this division from Anglophone, Francophone, lusophone Africa. We are, Africa is divided not because of common ideals and common identity. It is, it is driven from from languages, colonial languages, that even when it comes to voting blocks within the EU, the French people vote as Fr- their the French counterparts; the English vote, you based on the language of French, of English, for example. So, the, the the identity and going back to African languages, it is an affirmation of returning back to the roots, returning back to our dignity. And it, it, it is it is what we call is a speed towards a colonial mindset. I know for for example some of us the competencies of speaking in in in, 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 in native in our know, African languages completely is is now gone because even the schooling system didn't expose us to Speaking, for example, myself in Ekoyo. And even when we speak outside, then we don't speak in Ekoyo, we speak in Swahili or English. But we still have to strive not to lose our tongues. I think it is God who says in his books, decolonize the minds. He says that any blow against imperialism is a blow all the same even a blow of language, speaking, refuse to speak their languages, or even striving to to affirm yourself in your own languages. And for me, this case is much more Kiswahili, then it's still a blow against imperialism. So the struggle for us to be able to speak in our languages is not only an affirmation of culture, but also is a struggle against the behemoth of imperialism in all its claws, in all its facets. So I admire and feel it's a worthy struggle for Ngoge and, and, and other team members to be able to, to continue to speak the need for us to go back to our roots and our own languages. The only right that we, we continue insisting is that even after. We write and speak friendly in our languages. We must also be able to develop text, writings, literature that are deeply ideological. That the same struggle for the working class that we find, that we can express the struggle of the working class very well in books like Petals of Blood, uh, maybe a grain of wheat, by Google, a few more the same ideology that he could express so clearly in, 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 in English text, the same ideology that we will go on expressing even in the quote text. To express the suffering of people does not only have to be done with English text. It can be done exactly with even our native language. But of course, there's a question of fluency, which we struggle for the struggle of being able to be competent in that language itself but i think like when we are afraid transformation is a process that is slow but it will come into play at some point
0: well thank you so much uh, I, i've really appreciated speaking with you and thank you for for answering these questions my last question would just be um well two i i guess like two final questions the first would be books that you recommend that anybody can, can access uh, you know, just in general, uh, books that are better for reading theory on the subject or, or books by Africans as well that, that should be highlighted. And then how can people outside of, of Kenya uh, support Comrades uh, and all the fantastic initiatives being taken to promote uh, this literature uh, in Comrades Bookhouse and the Comrades Bookstore as well?
1: Yeah, yeah in terms of the first questions, I would like to uh, let me, let, me, let me let me say two things. Uh, in terms of African literature, African critical potentials, I will still want people to continue looking for new writers emerging in Africa. and how are they expressing their African realities? This will get from publishers, for example, in Kenya in Nigeria, South Africa, and other places. And this, I tell people first of all, to read and then see what is there from those Af- new, emerging writers. Of course, even among the young writers, they, we, we need to be, to be careful that sometimes we don't also portray Africa as only in escapist literature. With where you talked about love, happiness, joy, uh, trips, travel, tourism, we must also be able to talk to books that give the African history, the African perspective, and African experiences in literature. So, and there are, there are some writers which, which, which I don't have to put my mind here. Even in this country, whose books are good to read, and whose books will be able to express the African history and have experiences, and where we are moving for. And we have mentioned about Mokomango Mukongong- Ngowi, who brought his books recently to Congress Book House. Uh, they unburied the dead with song, uh, but also with uh, with the chair, with the chair, I think so. Uh so there's these kind of writers. but also these are others people like uh, uh, like Yvonne, uh, there's books like Chimamanda, there's books like uh, Peter Kemani, there's some other books which are coming on it, uh, which the which, which, which list I don't have on the table. Young imagined poetry writers, they are there. So literature is there. But the literature that we should always be talking about, yes, it's literature that makes people feel happy. But also let us also think about literature that expresses the search for ideas in Africa. That's in terms of fiction. But in terms of creative man fictions of radical writers, I would like us to think of new publishers in Africa that are ideological. Maybe books like the Raja Press, Pamazuka, Vita uh, Books. There's some progressive writers, for example, like Continental, Socialist Caucuses in, 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 in South Africa, uh, Rope, and many other books which are coming on over the continent that will, 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 will reflect socialism and Marx based on Africa realities. And those books are there. And if you scroll a little bit, you'll find some of those books uh, that are very, very vital. Now, the last question is about solidarity. I think Congress Book House. And uh, Okumos River is a place of solidarity. And we 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 appreciate and definitely uh, reach up and work closely with people who come to give us genuine solidarity. Okomo's library itself, we have refused, we have shunned out uh, donor funding completely. The only the only donors who are first who, who, the only person that the only organization that we have come close to working together was is Colossus and our Foundation. In the socialist foundation but any other donor completely who will come and pollute and even distort our, our socialist thinking and realities uh, is not welcome uh, Kobe's book houses run definitely on the principles of uh, of, 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 of promoting African literature but through sale of books is a business and we want to run it simply on the parameters of business and of course support comes in many ways support of course comes to purchasing books by African writers <clears throat> there's some people who come and say we want 10 books from African writers so it means that you support that African writers but also you can be able to to support that bookhouse by buying those books so support by purchasing asking us all the new books of writers we can buy it's one way of promoting the bookhouse but also there's a lot of books that you can you can come across of African writers whatever they are and you can always say we have got some books that we can we would like to come and bring over to Comedy Book House as long as it is not books that are rejected elsewhere. There's this, phallus, there's this problem that we have in Africa, that there's a lot of books coming from European, uh, uh, from America, but they are rejected books there. They are not books that are even read in that country. So the, 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 just like the way we dump computers in Africa, another, another clause and other things, There's uh, this problem of also dumping books that are not even read there to Africa. We like, if for example, books are being given to us in the Commerce Book House, we like to be able to, to, to talk about what books are those? Can we have titles? Are they new and old books? Are they classics? We like to talk about that so that Africa is not seen as a graveyard of, 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 of as, as a dump site of some sort. We like to see the initiatives that we run, the comic Book House, Gomo's library progress circle that we run, they are only subject to the principles of solidarity economy that we are supporting you and you are supporting us, and it's done on the basis of mutual friendship, but not dependence.
0: Absolutely, and I think uh, the books that are brought, you know, this is another interesting point um, about the. Unequal exchange and, and sort of the imperialism of it too, of sending, you know, sort of backwards uh, intellectual thought and assuming that people can't have access to the higher level analysis. I think. Um, so I think the work that the Comrades Bookstore does in promoting this higher level analysis uh, and making it accessible is very, very significant. So thank you so much for speaking to me and taking some time to speak with me. I greatly appreciate it. I hope people who who listen to this will check out the Comrades Bookstore. And I'll I'll put a link uh, as well so people can go and look and support um, the bookstore and the work that you do, which is absolutely incredible. So thank you so much. Thank
1: you. Thank you to Joseph. Thank you to all the best. uh, And we'll keep in touch.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Take care.